your, your brain is just a really crappy office. And most people are still using their head as their office. And they're driven by latest and loudest. It's just, I've just never seen an exception to that. Do you want to impact the world and still turn a profit? Then you're in the right place. Welcome to Growth Everywhere. This is the show where you'll find real conversations with real entrepreneurs. They'll share everything from their biggest struggle to the exact strategies they use on a daily basis. So if you're ready for a value-packed interview, listen on. Here's your host, Eric Sue. How many of you have experienced making a bad hire or had bad hires on your team? I personally lost over $840,000 on just one bad hire alone. So that's why I'm doing a free class called the five secrets to avoiding bad hires that can cost you $50,000 plus each. All you need to do is to text bad hire, spell it out, B-A-D-H-I-R-E to 33444. That's double three, triple four, and you'll be registered. I'll see you there. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's edition of Growth Everywhere, where we interview entrepreneurs and bring you business and personal growth tips. Today, we have David Allen, who is the founder of the David Allen Company, who's best known as the creator of the time management method known as getting things done. David, how are you doing today? Terrific, Eric. Thanks. Yeah, thanks for being here. So why don't you talk a little bit about uh, the company itself? I know it's much more than just you know the book, which is a, which is a bestseller, which I'm a huge fan of, but can you talk about the company? Sure. Uh, we're still a, a bit of a small company. We do uh, this is this is work. And actually, when I wrote the book, Getting Things Done, it was about a lot of the work that I'd been doing for thirty years in various iterations and forms of it. And we're still doing you know quite a bit of that. We do one-on-one uh, coaching, both virtually as well as desk side. We do quite a bit of. Uh, training uh, programs uh, around the world, actually, in, in large companies or small companies, large companies, all different sizes and shapes, and we do that usually within the you know sort of training and development world uh, around the getting things done methodology. And we have various you know audio products uh, about that as well. And uh, we are now franchising uh, our, our training program around the world. So we're uh, in the process of setting up exclusive franchisees in most of the major countries. So that's a lot of what we do. Awesome. Now, can you explain the, the GTD methodology to um, the, all the technology people that are watching or listening? Sure. Uh, it's really a, 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 there's two aspects of getting things done. Uh, first of all, you need to know what done means and what does doing look like. So that's a, a sort of a cognitive uh, um, framework that actually requires a little bit of horsepower to actually think through. Uh, but to, to simplify it a little bit, it's really about two, two elements, and that's, that's how do I get things under control and how do I get things appropriately focused. So uh, there's a couple of different dynamics about that. You get things under control with a five-step process. You capture and, and then clarify what you've captured. You... Uh, Organize that into appropriate categories, which you step back and review and reflect on, so that then when you engage your resources or your focus or your attention, it's done from a trusted place, you know, being able to see essentially the, all the different elements of your commitments and, and, and where you are in space and time. So that's how you get things under control, and that's a, that's a five-step process. And then uh, how do you get, make sure that you're focused appropriately? Well, we couldn't get it any simpler, but there are six horizons of focus as we've identified them, all the way from your life purpose all the way down to all the emails you need to send. 
And there's, you know, six different levels of that conversation that you probably need to have with yourself and other key people in order to, you know, really trust your, your, your focus. So it's really about just identifying those best practices that don't seem to happen by themselves. They don't happen automatically. You actually have to put some cognitive horsepower and focus in order to be able to frame these things appropriately and also to navigate with, you know, the world of sort of 24-7 always on stuff that everybody's, you know, dealing with these days. So... Uh, that's uh, in a nutshell. That's really what the the thought process is. Okay. Now, can you give me an example of how you would apply this methodology to, like, just say something you had to, you know, take care of this morning? Well, um, sure. Uh, it, it's really about. Uh, uh, well, the first thing that I do is I look at the hard landscape, which is my calendar. Calendar says, okay, what commitments do I have that are specific to today and, and specific to times. What, what else need do I need to know or do today? And that's the first thing to glance at. So I know what the hard landscape is. I know how late I can sleep. And then navigate everything else around that. And that's, you know, I, I try to plan as little as I can get by with. Uh, I like to be spontaneous, follow my intuitive hunches. Uh, but, you know, I've got then several things that are on my list to do that have some time, uh, not so much urgency, but they have some time uh, factors to them. So those, those will, you know, I stepped up in terms of my priorities. Uh, you know, I, I got surprised. Uh, I got an email this morning. It turns out that, uh, two of my trainers are actually cert- certifying some, uh, some, some trainers very close to my, my hotel, uh, here in Santa Monica. So that was kind of unexpected. It's great. It's great. Uh, but that was, you know, that's the spin that all, you know, when you really apply the getting things done methodology, it allows you a lot of space and a lot of freedom. Uh, to be able to then change course, you know, quickly, redirect, refocus. I'm also looking at my red traveling file folder called in my in basket. It's got some receipts in there that I need to process. Um, then I was cranking through some emails a little bit earlier and, you know, not leaving them in, in but, you know, handling the deleting the ones I could delete and handling the uh, two minute ones and uh, negotiating the rest. So that's, that's how I do it. Okay, cool. So this is, you know, it's, it sounds like, you know, all the, all the, you know, the best practices, you know, the, the, the process is, it's all in the, in the, the GTD book, which you, you now have a revised copy coming out in, was that six days? Yep. Yeah, it'll, it'll be out. I, I really actually totally rewrote the book, though a lot of the, a lot of the language and a lot of the, then the methodology is still the same, but I wanted to update it in terms of my perspectives, as well as some of the languaging and some of the examples that I use. And also, uh, you know, I, I've matured a good bit in terms of how I see this getting things done methodology and some of its subtleties. So, uh, yeah, it was an interesting, it was, or an interesting rewrite. Uh, but, you know, it won't look real different for people that are very familiar with the book. Uh, there are some, uh, some subtle differences in terms of the language. And as I say, you know, a lot of what we've discovered is that uh, the getting things done methodology is really a whole sort of lifetime and lifestyle uh, it's not uh, not a single sort of transactional event. It's really it's really something we've watched people over the years as they get more mature with this methodology. There's a there's a there's a real trajectory of a path of mastery of this. And so, describing that, you know, that's I've added two or three chapters to the book. Got it. Okay. Yeah. And the book, I mean, you know, the book itself, I mean, it's almost become a a movement. Um, I mean, you yourself, you have over a million Twitter followers and it's just, you know, every, every entrepreneur that has, you know, their processes down. So we'll talk about the GT, the whole GTD method. So how did you, you know, make GTD what it is today? How did it get so big? 
kind of by accident, quite frankly, or I, you know, sort of the little brand that sort of ran out from under me. I, I, I we were just using GTD as the, the, the letters GTD as a shorthand ourselves internally in our staff. And somehow somebody picked it up out there and it just, uh, you know, struck a nerve. And, you know, when it, when it showed up in paperback in 2003, that was when the, that was when the blog world sort of caught, you know, caught on. And that's when, uh, this methodology, you know, hit a nerve in the tech community and that, that spread it, you know, pretty fast globally. So, I think somebody just did a web surf and said they got seven million hits when they did GTD. Uh, you know, part of it's part of that's you know the Volkswagen brand. There's there's a Volkswagen car out there called GTD, but <laughs> uh, so, but yeah, and, and uh, over three hundred apps uh, last count have been you know created not not by us, but just by somebody out there that says, hey, this is if you really want to do GTD, use my app. So yeah, it, it kind of just took off. Uh, I, I think part of it too is because it took off because the tech community spread it. Uh, you know, the tech community that they're, they're almost as lazy as I am. And the, the, <laughs> True. The, the tech world, the whole world is designed to be. You know, they're the hardest working people about how to make life easier. <laughs> you know, yep. that's that's what the tech world really is as an industry. And also, the, the getting things done methodology is is tool independent. So what it did was it allowed people to actually use, you know, utilize their own, you know, favorite gear and their own favorite tech and their own favorite apps, but it let them turbocharge it with this thought process. So I think for all those reasons that that's why it spread in it. Yeah, I think it was probably the prime catalyst for the whole life hack movement. So you know, that sort of took off as well. All right. Now, now to date, how many copies have been sold? Don't actually know. There's there's so many international. There, you know, it's in thirty languages. Wow. Uh, our best guess is about two million. Two million. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Cool. So you know the you know we we talked about a little. I think you might have alluded to this a little earlier. I mean, you know, entrepreneurs are very uh, ADD by trade. You know, there's so many opportunities flying around. You know, people want to do business all the time, and we're all told to you know we're all told to focus on the big picture. But you know, it's so easy to get distracted. I mean, I have stuff flying around all the time, and even though I have processes down to follow it's really really easy to you know veer off track so how do you you know have you ever gotten off track before and then you know how would you get back on track well i get off track regularly i mean i think if you're not getting off track on a regular basis you're probably not playing a big enough game uh you know it's like how do you know if that track you're running down is is your intuition telling you there's something around that corner that might be interesting might be valuable so i don't think there's anything wrong with that but i you know i fall off regularly you just don't want to stay off <laughs> you just want to recognize when you're off and go oh wait a minute let me get back on again that was a wrong rabbit trail or let me get back on in the driver's seat and so the getting things done methodology is very much like uh, the ankle tether for for surfers you know, the, the more you, that you can trust that you've got a tether on your ankle so that you won't lose your board and you can get back on whenever you need to, the bigger waves you'll surf. So the more that you really understand the getting things done methodology, how to get yourself back in control and back focused when you, when you lose either one of those, um, that, that's what's so cool about it. It's, it's not about, you know, always being in some sort of sartorial or, or, or you know, sartori, you know, zen on the mountaintop. Nothing wrong with that. Uh, but it's really about being able to, to navigate yourself back into control if you happen to lose it. Got it. It's, so you mentioned Zen for a second, and um, you know that, that actually got me thinking about meditation a little bit. I mean, meditation allows you to actually you know veer off track, but actually refocus, right? So it's kind of like that in a sense. In, in a sense, yeah. Well, getting things done is really about creating space. 
it's really not about getting things done. It's really about being appropriately engaged with your world so that there's nothing distracting you, so that wherever you put your focus, it's an undistracted focus. And it also allows you to unfocus. You know, the new brain research is showing that if you can only hold a conscious focus with your executive function in your mind for so long, it'll tire out. And ultimately, you need to refresh it, and you refresh it by daydreaming, by being spontaneous, by sleeping. Uh, and that's how, you know, your brain actually... Illusion? Yep. I I lost you for a second, but I think you're back. I lost you at spontaneous. Uh, okay. Do, 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 do. Yeah. Well, getting things done is really about being able to, you know, I need to be able to be uh, fully focused on what I'm focused on. And I also need to be able to stop and, and be refreshed, you know, at any point in time and let my brain catch up, if you will. Got it. Okay. So, you know, one thing you mentioned, and I looked at another interview, you said 80% of what people say in their head is negative. You know, what should people do about that or what can they do about that? <sighs> well, <laughs> you know, you can, you know, somehow we, we love to beat ourselves up more than anybody. I mean, as I say, what if your friends talk to you like you talk to yourself? You know, hey, Eric, you, you dumb guy. That was really stupid. That, you know, that, come on. We, we just, we do that internally. I think, you know, learning to reframe you know, your own self-talk uh, is actually something you can actually practice and something you can get better at. Uh, so, you know, thinking affirmationally, thinking in positive outcomes, thinking about, okay, how would you like it if the, if life was the way it, you, you wanted it to be, uh, that doesn't necessarily happen by itself. I, you know, I think you know, to, a, I heard, I read a statistic many years ago that, you know, if you grew up in a healthy American home, like in a, you know, that was not dysfunctional, uh, at least 80% of your feedback was negative. Don't do that. You're going to hurt yourself. Da, 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 da. So that, that it makes sense that our, we've internalized, you know, the sort of negative critical, uh, course correction, you know, that, that, that we were given probably growing up. Okay. Now what can people do around that? I mean, you know, I know for sure I beat myself up all the time and I actually think it's, it's kind of, it's kind of productive for me, but, um, you know, I, I can see it being, uh, shifting in, in, in the, in the negative direction quickly. Yeah. I mean, there's nothing wrong with being, you know, self-critical in a, in a, in a healthy way. Like, wow, you know, there's a, you know, course correcting yourself and, and learning for your mistakes. I mean, all that's good stuff. Uh, I think a lot of it just depends on, are you in, in expansive mode? Or are you in contraction mode? So to me, that's kind of the, that's the criterion. If I'm doing something or engaged in something and I feel like it's, I'm expanding myself or growing or some, you know, it's somehow it, it's, it, it has a positive directionality to it. Oh, uh, that's cool. If, if whatever I'm doing, if I feel like I'm contracting, I'm, I'm hunched over, I'm, you know, I'm, uh, you know, I get too wrapped up, you know, around my own axle, you know, <laughs> internally, uh, you know, that's, but learning to recognize those states and recognize when you're in one and then being able to sort of course correct that is, is really useful. Got it. Okay. I think, and I think also that, you know, a lot of the new brain research is, is showing you really just need to, you need to move, you need to move around. I mean, we can get really, you know, wrapped around ourselves pretty easily. And, uh, you know, every, probably 90 minutes is about it in terms of you're being able to really focus on any one thing for any period of time. You need to get up at least for five minutes, you know, take a break, stretch, walk around the block, you know, do something like that. So I think being able to shift gears is oftentimes one of the best ways to get out of those sort of negative habits. Got it. So, you know, the, the whole, the whole ADD where you, you know, you're kind of jumping everywhere, uh, thing is, isn't that bad based on what you're saying. That's what, that's kind of what I'm getting. 
No, you know, it's it, it, it only is it, not that there's anything bad. It's just, you know, it's a syndrome that you may you may find yourself not then accomplishing stuff that you want to accomplish that requires you to be a little more focused in terms of what you're doing. So, you know, if you have that tendency to, you know, bounce around to a lot of things, you just need better strategies. Sometimes your strategy is to limit how many things you stick in front of yourself. You know, as I, as I say, I can resist anything but temptation. <laughs> so, you know, so just shut down social media. And that's one of the problems these days. And there's a new book out, by the way, called Brain Chains. Uh, two words, brain chains, as in chains around your brain, keeping it from being optimal. And a lot of research is now showing that, you know, don't kid yourself if you think you can multitask. Your switching costs in terms of your head, you know, are huge. And you're going to sub-optimize yourself. Not only that, but all that social media and constant 24-7, you know, with your smartphones and all that stuff is highly addictive. You know, even <laughs> there's a study that's shown even, even just thinking about what text you might be getting on your smartphone gives you a dopamine rush. So, guilty. Very guilty you know, of that. So just having it close by, you know, so oftentimes the thing to do is just, you know, give, your, give yourself a, you know, go on a social media diet. You know, just don't take your phone with you. You know, you mentioned social media, and I, I took a look at your Twitter feed before, and it looks like it's really active. So, is it you managing it, or do you have someone else managing it? No, I do it. I do all all, all my own stuff. But you know, to me, uh, Twitter is like a cocktail party. I, I I like Twitter and I like Instagram just because it's kind of fun to play in them, and I just don't feel particularly obligated one way or the other about that. It's just something that that uh, I do when I feel like doing it, it's like a cocktail party. Got it. Okay. And, and is, you know, doing these podcasts part of the cocktail party a thought as well? Because, I mean, you do a ton of podcasts and I'm, sure. I'm wondering why. Well, you know, come on, GTD is, helps the planet. Anybody, you know, this is not, GTD is not like running with scissors. And one of the reasons that I still am so enthused of doing it, I'll be 70 this year. It's like, wow. wow. One of the biggest miracles is, is that I still stay so involved and engage with this stuff whenever I get a chance to talk about it because it is, it's such powerful information. And, and, you know, and over all these years, you know, nobody has ever said any part of it is wrong. Everybody says, oh, it's right. I just don't do it. <laughs> so the, right. biggest, the biggest issue is people, you know, not, not building these as, as sort of automatic habits in their life. Got it. Now, do you feel like it's a, you know, you, 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 you said, you're, you know, you're turning 70 and you have, you still have all this drive. I feel the energy from you. Do you feel like it's almost as if, you know, I've heard someone say before, you know, I asked him, you know, why do you help people so much? He's like, and you told me, Eric, honestly, it's like a drug. So I wonder how you feel about that. I don't think too much about it. I mean, it's, it's really nice uh, to be doing stuff that, you know, that helps people. I, I don't know. I just kind of wired that way. Uh, it's lovely to have a profession that, 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 you know, has created so much value out there on the planet. And it's great, you know, to, we get feedback every day from people around the world saying, wow, this changed my life. Absolutely. So, and, and, you know, the neat thing about it is it's not something that you have to go do 100%. I mean, any, any one little aspect of this, even if you just implement the two-minute rule, if you don't already have that habit, will give you an extra six months to your life. So Let's talk about the two-minute rule. What is that? Well, as soon as you decide what the next action is on anything, that you can actually complete the action in two minutes or less. If you're ever going to do it at all, do it then, because it'll take you longer to organize it and look at it again than it would be to finish it the first time it's in your face. So two-minute rule is great. Got it. Yeah, <laughs> if the audience else. wants to take away any, anything from this podcast, that's the take, take away the two-minute rule. It's, it saved me a ton of time, so thanks for that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, that's right. Okay. Now, you know, David, I'm sure you have, you, know, you have all these productivity like processes and tips, but what is your absolute top productivity tip? 
Your head is for having ideas, not for holding them. Okay. What do you mean by that? I mean, if, you, if you've got something potentially meaningful that you think you need to do, finish, take care of, would, could, should, ought to, might want to, or whatever, if you can't finish it that moment that you're having the thought itself, then you better get it out of your head. Because if you leave it, stuff like that in your head, even as simple as, gee, I need cat food, you know, but the, the, the amount of brain space I need cat food takes up and then starts to spin around in there. It has no sense of past or future. You'll wake up at 3 o'clock in the morning thinking, oh, damn, I need cat food. <laughs> you, know, you, can't, you can't do anything about it. Your, your brain is just a really crappy office. And most people are still using their head as their office. And they're driven by latest and loudest. It's just, I've just never seen an exception to that. Got it. So getting being able to externalize it. And the cognitive scientists are now have even identified that as the, building the external brain. Anybody that keeps a calendar is already doing that. You know, why, why not do it all in your head? Well, because your head can't manage that kind of detail. Well, duh. You know, what, <laughs> why do you think it's different with the, the rest of your life and you only do it with your calendar? Most people do it with their calendar because the, 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 the punishment, the, the downside to screwing up on your calendar is pretty big. Right. right. Miss an appointment, miss you know, something, you know, those, those are not, you know, those aren't fun. When you make an agreement with yourself, it's still the same thing. It's just more subtle in terms of you, you know, not keeping an agreement with yourself or forgetting that you told yourself you need to or having that vague sense that you ought to be doing something, just forgot what it was. You know, those are not fun. Uh, to hang out in totally agree yeah it's uh, yeah i totally agree with you i mean there's there's really no exception i, I think this is why i mean it, it all comes down to process i mean i think i heard a quote before it's you know 95 percent of the time it's a process problem you know five percent mm -hmm. of the time it's a people problem right um so you know shifting gears a little bit here i mean you know can you tell us about one big struggle you faced while growing the the gtd company or the david allen company or you know just um you know uh, the, growing the movement in general well, I think the biggest issue is a marketing issue. I solve a problem that most people don't realize they have uh, or they don't realize they, that it could be solved. Most people, you know, last thing a fish notices is water, and the last thing people often notice is how much stress they're actually in because they're in it so consistently. Got it. Okay. So that's the biggest issue that, I, that, that we have is, getting, is being able to convince people about that. As I say, it took me 25 years to figure out what I'd figured out mm -hmm. and then probably the rest of my life to figure out how to actually distribute this to the world and get it to stick you know, in terms of people actually getting, being able to do it and, and, and make it a, a, you know, an ongoing sort of lifestyle habit. So figuring out how to, how, to, how to promote it essentially and how to give people a taste of it and a sense of what it is. Uh, at least to give them the option and the opportunity to be able to take advantage of it if they want. So that one's one I'm still working on. Okay. Now, you know, you sold 2 million books. I mean, you know, was there, I mean, in terms of promotion, I mean, was there any key moment where you, you just kind of, you know, saw hockey stick growth? Um, and can you talk about that moment? No, there wasn't, Eric. It was actually pretty linear uh, growth with that. You know, it kind of, it slowly took off and then just kept going. And it's been, Gee, I don't know. Last I looked, they're still in the you know 125 you know on all of Amazon books. You know, even 14 year, years later, so it just pretty much you know kept it just kept going out there. And I think there were a lot of factors that 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 happened. As I mentioned earlier, uh, you know, when it went from hardback, they kept in the hardback from 2001 and 2002, and then when they when they went to paperback, it's the kind of book that that you probably wouldn't give to 20 staff, 20 of your staff in hardback, but you would in paperback. 
So I think it, 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 it sort of hit a nerve then as well as, again, hit with the, when the tech world and the blog world sort of took off in the early 2000s, that, that it, it, it was well-timed, kind of a perfect storm there. So I think that, that certainly uh, affected it. it. It always gets bumps. It gets a big bump in sales around New Year's. Everybody's trying to get their act together. <laughs> so, you know, they say, oh, okay, I'm now really going to get myself organized or whatever. And so you know, it, it does have a, tends to have a bump, bump then. Awesome. But, yeah. Is there, a, is there an audiobook version of GTD? Yeah, yeah. Perfect. Yeah. Cool. I can imagine, uh, you know, the lazy tech people would probably, you know, listen to it on three X. I know that's what I do today. Um, (laughs) uh, so what's one piece of advice you'd give to your 25 year old self? To my 25 year old self, don't take myself too seriously. Um, you know, and, uh, sort of lighten up and, uh, trust my sort of, uh, intuition about what I feel like I want to be doing as opposed to maybe what I think I should be doing. Okay. Yeah. And who do you consider your idol and why? My idol. <laughs> I just got a lot of people I, that I really respect for lots of different reasons and whatever. My spiritual coach and, and mentor, a guy named John Roger, who just died last year, uh, you know, was really a, a, you know, probably the, a, a very bright light in my life and certainly was a, a, a very helpful sort of big brother and guide in that whole, in my sort of spiritual or inner journey. And he was certainly uh, modeled and, you know, that better than anybody that I know. Uh, so, you know, I hung out with him. I, 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 when I met him, I said, well, this guy's kind of sharp and looks like he knows what he's talking about. I'll think I'll hang out with him till I find So I've learned everything I could learn from him. And, you know, I, I, that never stopped. And, you know, I met him in 1971. And, you know, so what's, what's that, 45 years, something like that. Okay. And so how do you go about finding a, a spirit? A spiritual mentor, and what do they do that's different than versus like a coach or something like that? You know, I don't know. It's a good question. Uh, I, 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 to me, it's, 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 it's. I think it's something that you just recognize. It's sort of like the, the Sufis say, you know, when the the, the 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 teacher shows up when the student's ready. You know, and I, I think people just need to be, uh, first of all, attracted to, or at least curious about the, you know, the inner worlds. You know, or the outer worlds, if you will, uh, and and what that's like and what that's about. And I think you know, on that search, I think you're going to run across people that then resonate uh, with you. And I think probably certain people resonate with certain kinds of teachers, and other people uh, with other kinds. And I think it's a very personal uh, event. That's interesting. So, I mean, can you can you walk us through like you know, because I've never heard of this before. I, you know, I've I've heard I've had mentorship situations before, but it's like, you know, what do you what do you guys go through when you when you guys go through like a session or something like that? Uh, what do you go through? Well, you know, a lot of it is just information. You know, so John Roger Gush, he's written you know dozens and dozens and dozens of books, and there's a lot of a lot of his seminars and a lot of his talks were recorded and. You know, so just listening to and reading any of that information, it just it has a certain frequency and an energy to it that's that automatically sort of resonates with the, you know, part deeper inside of me, and you know, just it clears things up and, you know, sort of get the lift on top of my world again. Okay. So, very practical stuff. So that's the spiritual side of it. Okay, I see where that's coming from now. Okay. Now, aside mm-hmm. from your book, which is a must read for the audience, uh, and you talked about another one, I think it was Brain Brain Chains. Um, what's one must-read book you'd recommend to the audience? 
Well, uh, brain change is, is, is read it at your own peril, especially if you're a 24 seven, you know, always hooked on kind of guy. Cause it's a lot of, in, a lot of very interesting information and awesome information about, uh, you know, sort of the, the digital world. And he's not, uh, it's not, it's not saying don't be involved in that. It's just saying, what are you not doing when you're letting yourself get wrapped around that too tight? And you know, missing out on on other aspects of it. A book that came out right before that, and they didn't even know each other, but very very similar. And and uh, you know, they're two of my favorite books right now. Is the um, the Organized Mind by Dan Levitin, L-E-V-I-T-I-N, and it's a whole lot of that is about the the requirement for the external brain and a lot of the research, a lot of the aggregation of the research uh, about you know that showed up in the last twenty years that your head is uh, is really capable of handling about four potentially meaningful things, and, and you add any more than that and it loses it. And so uh, you know, just it's it. They're certainly you know favorite books of mine right now because they very much validate this whole getting things done methodology. I mean, I learned it. I learned it on the street, you know, 30 years and thousands of hours desk side with some of the brightest people on the planet sitting there and working with this model and seeing how it works and refining it and testing it out. Uh, but these guys now, the, the cognitive scientists are, you know, proving it from the coming around from the, the other side, from the scientific side about how it works. Right. So I can't, I can't help but be enthused about it because <laughs> you know, it very much helps sell the idea. Hey, guys, your head is for having ideas but not for holding them. Awesome. We'll drop that in the show notes for sure. Actually, all three of the books. Um, and you, you know, definitely got to. Well, I'm going to get myself the revised copy. But um, what's the best way for people to find you online? Gettingthingsdone.com. Okay. And your uh, your Twitter is GTD Guy. GTD Guy. So everyone, gettingthingsdone.com, and find him at GTD Guy. Uh, David Allen, I want to thank you so much for joining us today. Stick around for one second afterwards, and uh, we'll chat a little bit. But uh, thanks so much for being on the show. My pleasure, Eric. Thanks. Thank you. How many of you have experienced making a bad hire or had bad hires on your team? I personally lost over $840,000 on just one bad hire alone. So that's why I'm doing a free class called the five secrets to avoiding bad hires that can cost you $50,000 plus each. All you need to do is to text bad hire, spell it out, B-A-D-H-I-R-E to 33444. That's double three, triple four, and you'll be registered. I'll see you there. Thanks for listening to this episode of Growth Everywhere. If you loved what you heard, be sure to head back to growtheverywhere.com for today's show notes and a ton of additional resources. But before you go, hit the subscribe button to avoid missing out on next week's value-packed interview. Enjoy the rest of your week and remember to take action and continue growing.